Hey, there's applause. We must be on the air. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, Welcome to the lovely Miller's Ale House here on Chastain Road. You're joining us for three guys who love sports. My name is Chuck Burge, and we're here to talk sports for an hour. Uh, we've got uh, friends that are going through some difficult times, and if we can take their mind off what they're going through for an hour and uh, cheer them up, we're all about it. So uh, I am joined today by my regular co-host, Mr. Robert Kenny. Robert, it, welcome. And a first-timer on Three Guys Who Love Sports, Ian King. Ian, how the heck are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Chuck. Awesome. Awesome. So we want you to be able to participate, too, if you want to text in or if you want to call in or if you want to walk up and talk to us. Uh, our phone number is 4707-SPORTS, 4707-SPORTS, that's 470-777-6787, and we'd love for you to participate. Uh, we're going to start off this week, as we do always, with a little Braves moment. Robert, what is happening in the world of Atlanta Braves baseball? Let me see. Uh, we're 54-21 and 21 since June 1st. That's the best record in baseball. Uh, we just beat the second and third best records in baseball last week uh, with a 5-2 and two record. And we've already swept the Pirates as of today uh, by putting up a couple touchdowns. Yeah, a so, couple uh, touchdowns. We're, we're looking good. We're looking yeah. good. We're so already on the plane to St. Louis. A minute and a half, uh, game and a half is as close as they've been in a long, long, long time, isn't it? It is. It's really close, but, you know, uh, not worried about it. I don't care for the wild card. I just care that we're playing baseball like we are right now. You want to be in the playoffs. That's all. Got to be in the show. Got to be in it to win it. Chipping right? a chair, baby. <laughs> Yep, chip in a chair. So uh, my question is, you know, the Braves are 7-9 to nine against the Mets so far this year. Uh, they don't play the last series, but they play the series before last. I think they wind up against three against the Marlins. Correct, but, which, which uh, the Mets were scheduled to be the last series, but because the season was delayed by a week and a half, ah. that's why the Marlins are in. So, the, so now that's why the Marlins that's are on right. the back end. Well, my question to you and, um, and uh, Ian is, by the time that we play the Mets three of the last six games, is it going to be decided? Or is it still going to be up in the air? Because if we're a game and a half out and, we've, and we've, we're under – 500 by two to them already. If we beat them one, two more games, we'd already be in first, right? Correct. So, will it be wrapped up by the time we play the Mets? No. Either way. It's going to no. absolutely come down to the wire. It's going to come to the last series with the Mets, right? Or, the, and the, then the next series. Yeah. But, I mean, or is Miami even going to play? I guess it's the Florida Marlins, technically, right? Uh, technically, you yeah. are correct. But uh, are they going to be up and at them? For, are are for the it? Mets playing the Phillies? Uh, I'm not sure. Are you right? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I think I think it'll come down to that Braves-Mets series. I mean, uh, I know um, they've got a lot of uh, they got a lot of games between now and then, and uh, so do the Mets. Uh, Mets just lost two to the Yankees, right? I have a really hard time playing, uh, watching baseball when it's two New York teams because I'm really kind of hoping the stadium crumbles on all, you know, both teams. <laughs> but, you know, my, fam my, my buddies are telling me I should root for the Yankees. I just have a hard time doing that. Okay. So there's some other great things that are going on uh, this week in baseball that I want to talk to you about. Albert Pujols, he is seven home runs away from 700. Is he going to get there? Yes. 
if he doesn't do it this year, which I think he has a really good chance to do it this year because they seem to be bringing him out in big situations and letting him uh, swing for the fences. If not, I think he'll still sign on to be a Mariner or a Pirate or or a Royal next year and come back and get his seven. So you think he will come back next year? If he does not get it, I think he will. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with it because you're talking about the steroid era, and here's one guy who's right in the middle of the steroid era. He's bigger than everybody else combined, and we don't ever question it. And so if he wants to do it on his terms, I'm completely okay with that. You know, I, I think one of the biggest moments of this year was Pulhos resigning with the Cardinals. Absolutely. And it's a very cool to, moment, too. Yeah, and very, very cool because that means he's going to be able to wrap out his career where he made his career in St. Louis. And the most important thing with Pulhos being there is that he will hit that record. And I think he will not only hit that seven, but he'll probably hit, you know, eight, nine, ten, or 11 more for the year. Yeah, so he really has to get – He's got to hit four more to get to number four, right? Four more to get to? The number four most home runs in, in all-time history. Correct. Because somebody's just ahead of him at the 693 or 697. Right. That right. didn't get there. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. but uh, It would have been Rodriguez. Probably, probably. Oh, it could have been, could have been A-Rod. I think it's A-Rod. Yeah, that didn't get there. So, So that's pretty cool. So. Anything else on the Braves moment, Robert, or shall we move on? We can move on. Just know that uh, they're taking care of business, and we're not firing on all cylinders. So uh, if we have the best record over the last three months and we're not, I think we're going to uh, take care of take care of it. Awesome. So uh, let's move on to golf. we got a big week. we got a big week in, uh, in golf uh, at the FedEx Cup, right? The FedEx Cup here at Eastlake. So, you know, last week Patrick Cantlay won. Uh, at the BMW, and he's the first person in 16 years to win the uh, to win the back-to-back uh, uh, -back playoff tournaments in in the professional golf. So that's pretty cool. I thought uh, Zalatoris won it the week before. No, I'm talking about back-to-back -back, like BMW championship. Oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. From gotcha, year to year. I got gotcha, you. Yeah. Gotcha. And now uh, Scotty Scheffler is the number one guy, right? He's uh, back up on top. Back he's up the FedEx points. Very heavy favorite. You know, very heavy favorite for Scotty Scheffler. You know, Zalatoris is amazing, though, because, you know, having the injury that he had with the two herniated discs, he's withdrawn, he's withdrawn and, and now he's, he's gone. So I, that's kind of odd, 29 players, right? It is. It is kind of weird that they are not, uh, you know, well, bringing well, I, the 31st guy along since. <laughs> yeah, the guy that got bumped last yeah. week yeah, at the tournament. Yeah, why he's not on. But it's pretty cool. Um, uh is the playoff system fair? Is is the structure of the tournament at East Lake fair? I mean, tell me, tell me the structure. I know we had this conversation, but uh, well, Scheffler like has a lead right a now. A two-stroke lead. He has a two-stroke lead. He starts over at the second. Ten, he starts at ten under. He ain't even teed off yet. So he's at a, he has a two-stroke lead over the second place. Does yeah. he have a three-stroke lead over third place? He would have if Zalatoris was playing. Okay, but he, then he has a four-stroke four over. Four-stroke over. over uh, Cam Smith, and what was very interesting to me, you know who Cam Smith plays with tomorrow? Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Man, you talk about a dichotomy and uh, what's going on. That's, that's going to be ugly. That's going to be ugly. I don't even they'll even speak while they're play, probably, walking probably down the not. course. Yeah. Although I think that happens more times than not um, on the tour. I think, you know, people are in their, in their moments. and uh, Yeah, but, you know, like Cantlay and uh, – 
Xander Shoffley, they're now best friends. They play together all the time. Right. And they played three of the four rounds together last week, didn't they, at the BMW? I think that's right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool little tournament. If you've never to been answer, out of East Lake, it's a great place to go. To answer your ch- uh, question, Chuck, I really don't think uh, you can do much more with the golf than you already are. There's a few sports that are kind of out there, uh, NASCAR, golf, and and bowling. I'm going to throw bowling <laughs> out there because I was really having a hard time finding the third one. You're, the goal is for you to be in first place and to get an award for the entire season. Well, it's hard to give you that goal if – if it's attainable to everybody on the final on the final week, NASCAR has completely screwed that up to where I won't even watch it anymore because you know there there were so many races in Atlanta over over a twenty year span where somebody had already won the championship and they were just kind of riding around the track for no apparent reason. Yeah, but uh, I, I think the wild card aspect though is what really spices it up for the PGA Tour, where you know you can go into that final weekend be number ten, you know. On the list and end the weekend number one. No, absolutely, absolutely. But but here's my question. I remember watching the British Open, and they said after the first day, if you're not within three or five strokes, you're toast. Right. And, and these guys right. are ten strokes back, and they, do they even have a chance? How far back from first place can you be and still have a chance to win? Probably not further than five, fifth or sixth place. Yeah, that's but, what but I'm that's thinking. But that's still okay in my book. I'm okay with that. Are you okay with it? I am. Then why don't you give the Dodgers, because they have the best regular season record, uh, a one-run lead going into the games when they play in the playoffs? Because it's a completely different thing because it's actually played on the field. In in baseball, in football, in basketball, in hockey, you have made it to the playoffs, and then we were going to play a best out of seven or a one-game elimination as it is in football. In this, they can't have that, so they had to come up with some cockamamie thing and bring a couple uh, uh, mathematicians around for how many strokes the seventh-place guy should get. But, uh, yeah, the, the Dodgers get nothing. Yeah. Uh, but no quarter. Uh, that's no the only anything. sport that I know of where it's, that it's ranked like that. I mean, but but NASCAR is close now. NASCAR is close, but but you know uh, the other option is you put ten players on the course, the best ten, and who who wants to go watch ten two foursomes play golf? <laughs> How many fans are you going to get? Nobody. I mean, we got thirty now, so we got seven foursomes and a onesome, or seven twosomes and a onesome going out, and uh, it's not going to be a um, it's not going to be a pretty thing down at uh, East Lake. And let me just say this too. You know, it's kind of like bringing a, a closer out at the in a, in a game where you have a ten run lead. Being the first place guy and knowing that you have a really big lead might not be an easy place to be at all the time. So, uh, you know, I think for Scotty, he's got to pretend that he's five strokes back and just play. Yeah, even though he's two strokes up. Correct. Okay. So uh, I think last week, I think I took uh, Scheffler. I think I said I'll take the number one in the world, if I remember correctly. You did. But I, I jinked Will Zelatoris, and that's why he no longer plays the game. He will no longer be playing. Can't even play the President's Cup. So who do you think now? Who's your fill-in for Will? Well. Uh, who will I, be your Will fill-in? I'm going, I'm going with Mullet Man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Just to make <laughs> Chuck happy. <laughs> did you do that to aggravate me? I did. I did. I, I watched the what, what remaining color Leave Fade your face. from my face. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Cameron Smith fan if he's going to the LIB tour. How about you, Mr. But, Ian? Well, I tell you what, I'm I'm 
I'm kind of surprised by uh, Sapstraka, where he has just completely fallen off this year, where he has had so many great finishes to the season or to, to each each tournament, uh, so many top ten finishes, and has fallen all the way back to number nine from being number one just several weeks ago. Yeah. So, but, you know, and, and looking at the big picture, I mean, you know, Cantley or Cantley has a phenomenal chance of coming in and you know taking away the the championship this weekend because honestly with that much of a lead that Scotty Scheffler has that you know it takes away your focus just it as can. you pointed out right it there, definitely Robert. can yeah, yeah. And, and so you know when you take that foot off the pedal that's what we're probably going to see this weekend and, and I'm good I would put good money on it to 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 watch that happen and speaking of money. Uh, you know, the line right now is Scotty Scheffler is the favorite. You know, he's up 240 points. But Cantley is right behind him at 360. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what what ends up happening. We're talking betting. I like that. I like gambling. <laughs> yeah. Even on golf. <laughs> Even on golf. Yeah. Uh, so I think I stick with Scheffler. But I think, I think I'm going to switch to Shoffley. I think Xander Shoffley is going to come back and win it this week. Okay. I'll take your guy who has the big lead. Scheffler. <laughs> is two strokes really that big of a lead? I think I think it is for these guys, and you know. So when you think about uh, McElroy, he just had the same problem. What three weeks ago he had a horrible Sunday, and the mm-hmm. horrible Sunday knocked him back four or five spots to where now he probably doesn't he's have six a chance. strokes back. Right. Does he have a shot six strokes back? No, because he's playing with Mullet Man, and he's he's just thinking about that. Uh, that's true, Mullet Man. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we uh, so we've got golf out of the way. Or uh, have you have you ever been down to East Lake, Ian? Have you been down to East Lake? You know, I have not, and and I've you know I've been to Oakmont up in Pittsburgh, but I've not been down to East Lake. That's somewhere where I need to go, and you know I might just make it happen this weekend. Uh, you got that? You got you going to give away tickets today? Uh, no, I'm not giving away <laughs> tickets. I'm looking for tickets, but yeah, uh, that's a that's a fun turn to If you haven't been down there, it's a really really cool place to be. Uh, uh, Larry, we need the the write out on the our two sponsors. Thank you. So uh, we got sponsors we need to uh, uh, to address, and we have no uh, text. So we'll get, take care of that in a second, uh, and then we'll move on to some football. Um, Ian, if you see, he is a uh, he is a big, big Penn State fan. So before we get into that, we'll read one of our sponsors. Robert, you want to go into yours today first? Sure. Modern Image is a locally owned document and photograph scanning company that helps clients secure and use paper files and photos. Whether it's important business files or sentimental family photos and videos, Modern Image is dedicated to helping clients solve problems around paper. Go dogs. Oh, please don't say that last year. Hey, when you pay us money, you get to you get to pick your closing words. You so, do you get know. to pick your closing words. So that's okay. We'll let David get away with that. Uh, I'll say go jackets, but go dogs is fine. So uh, we talk a lot about college football and college football is here. Did you realize that they actually have games this weekend? There are, well, ga- using the term games lightly, but, but yes, they are suiting up. I would use the term up. teams lightly. <laughs> well, yes. So what is the highlight game this week 
in the Big Ten, Ian. It's, it's the only one. It is the only one. Do you know who it is? The, the Cornhuskers and the Northwestern Wildcats. Nothing are, like are that. it up this weekend. Thespians and Cornhuskers. Yeah, Thespians and Cornhuskers. The uh, Northwestern, you know, I'm, I'm just absolutely shocked that they have not progressed as much as they should have with Pat Fitzgerald at the, as Great head coach. coach. Yeah. Phenomenal coach. Puts, you know, less than, than desirable talent on that field and makes them competitive every single week. But the problem with, with Northwestern is that, you know, much of the same problem that Tech has where they have very high academic standards, and it's hard to get those kids in the door when you're coming to recruit. Did Chuck pay you five bucks to say that? No. Uh, <laughs> he is actually a Tech fan, too. Okay, I'm just Ian is a Tech fan, second to his Nittany Lions. So, yeah. Yes, they, they are very near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, married into a Tech family, so here we are. But, you know, the Nebraska, though, with their move to the Big Ten, you know, almost ten years ago. Um, has it been that long? It, it has, has been that long. Uh, actually, it is ten years ago at this – over ten years ago because they were playing that first weekend. I was here in Georgia. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Big Ten matchup against Penn State, and uh, that was the year of Penn State scandal. But Nebraska, they're on the men. They're coming back. And, uh, you know, we're – I think we're going to see a big Nebraska victory, you know, by by at least three touchdowns. You, uh, what's the spread on the game? Maybe you looked it up. Yeah. So I have not. There are some other games this weekend. We'll talk briefly about them, and we'll get back into some more Big Ten talk. But uh, let's see. Uh, Florida A and M. Can anybody name their uh, their mascot? What? No, the Rattlers. Florida A and M Rattlers. They're playing. Uh, at North Carolina, so we get to see some ACC action. Nebraska is favored by 13 and a half. By 13 and a half. Yeah. Wow. At uh, Northwestern. At Northwestern. I bet it's not cold in Chicago yet, so they'll be okay up there, right? Uh, Duquesne is at FSU, so we get to see. That'd be a heck of a basketball game, Chuck. <laughs> yes, it Duquesne. would. Duquesne. Duquesne, yep. Uh, the Dukes, Duquesne Dukes, is that their nickname? That is their name. Yeah. 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 And uh, then we have Vanderbilt at the aforementioned Hawaii Fighting rainbows. So seven and a half point favorites on the road. You travel 6,000 miles and they still think you're, you're seven s- points of better than the competition. Uh, that's a long swim. That's a long swim. Yeah. So um, getting back to the Big Ten, we talked a little bit off the air before we got on. Ian, we talked about, uh, I think, that uh, the Big Ten is a little bit stronger top to bottom than the SEC. Well, I'm surrounded by all these dog sympathizers or whatever you want to call them. Just- <laughs> Tell me, football people. Tell me what your thoughts are: the Big Ten versus the SEC. You know, looking at the stats, year in year out. You know, being a Big Ten Big Ten fan down here in the South. You know, being surrounded surrounded by SEC fans left, right, center, every which direction that you look. uh, It's a hard argument to make and still get out of the bar alive, but it's a it's an accurate (laughs) argument that has been valid for, for the last five years. However, though, with the performance of the Big Ten this past bowl season against the SEC, that's where I think that the, the tide has truly turned because looking at the head-to-head matchups that we had this previous bowl season, you know, the Big Ten didn't put up when they needed to. They didn't show up and they didn't put, up and they didn't put out the, uh, you know, the results that the Big Ten needed to, to have bragging rights over the SEC. And so... You know, that said, it has made our lives as being Big Ten transplants in the sunny south that much harder. Sunny south. 
So uh, what's on store for the Nittany Lions this year? James Franklin, right, Coach? What you got going on up there? All right, so to back up my point a little bit about the, the comparison between the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, looking back at, at the SEC, when James Franklin came to his meteoric rise with Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, the lovable losers that nobody loves and nobody watches. Only f- he was only there three years. He was only there three years and, and nearly won the SEC East every single year because of, of the transition of, excuse me, the SEC East every single year because of the transition of the power of the conference. You had Florida, who was just coming off their high of, of being the dominant team in the SEC East, and the transcendence of a muddling Georgia. And so James Franklin was able to do what he needed to do in the competitiveness of the SEC East, which was not very competitive at the time, and come and dominate, and come and show up and put a bunch of kids on the field that were absolutely able to show up and play with the top talent, top, or the f- top NFL talent in the coming years. Right. I don't think I've ever heard the words Vanderbilt and dominate in the same sentence. Well, and he might be he <laughs> might be overstepping the sandbox that Vanderbilt's allowed to play in. Yeah. Uh, in James Franklin's time, he was 11 and 13 in the conference. So, now, 11, Which for Vanderbilt uh, is not bad. It's a huge thing, but but maybe not exactly dumb. We're going to use the golf thing here, right? Where where they have the handicap. So, realistically, that's like you know, 21 in Oh, one. absolutely. Uh, if, if they won 11, they were probably favored. Yes, yes, they're like 19 and 2 or something. Yeah, right. Um, so, so tell me this. I, I love to ask people a good question. Um, Tennessee is one of the schools I love to make fun of more than any other. It's not anything to do with Tennessee. It's who you think you are. Tennessee fans think, I'm Alabama. I'm Ohio State. No, you're neither one of those two programs. So with James Franklin and everything that he's been doing, now the last couple of years, you had the COVID year, but last year and this past, uh, in, in the year before, you were four and five in the conference both times. Are the folks in Happy Valley okay with keeping him around for a while, or is he almost to the point where he better start doing something? Yeah, and so here's the thing. With James Franklin doing what he did where he did it previously at Vandy, coming to Penn State and you know, doing what he's done at Penn State in the first couple of years, again, we had transition going on in the, in the conference, in, in the division. And so that was what was – that's what allowed us to actually come in and, and win that Big Ten title back in 2016. Right. However, you know – James Franklin is James Franklin, and, you know, he is not after the pursuit of excellence. He's, he is, you know, he's after the pursuit of, of winning. And so, like, that is a, it's a huge difference between, you know, pursuing excellence and just pursuing good enough. But are fans okay with him pursuing excellence at a 4-5 and five record? He's, that's, and that's what's going to come to light here in the next two years. Because if he does not come in, in this season or the following season with a Big Ten championship and a win against you know the rivals Michigan, Ohio State, and coming in and pulling it out, we're going to have a major problem in Happy Valley, and Happy Valley is going to be pretty unhappy. Let me just say this, and I'll just uh, you you had mentioned earlier the word scandal, and that that'll be the only word that I mention with it as well. But when that happened. James was 
not the coach when it happened, but hired immediately right afterwards. Is that correct? Uh, no, that is incorrect. We had uh, Bill O'Brien coming in to that's right. To Bill O'Brien got all the pieces that took uh, yep. Paterno, took the Paterno era, gotcha. Joe James, yeah, and brought the James Franklin era, <laughs> and uh, you know. <laughs> I love Bill O'Brien. I, I wish that he could come back and be our head I th- coach again. I think I think he wishes he could do that too. Cause I know because <laughs> that NFL career was pretty bad. Yeah, that was a, that was a mess that he went down to. Yeah, um, but the uh, you know, James Franklin. I mean, in all honesty, I, I I believe that you know he's able to put a good team on the field, but he's not able to put the best team on the field every week. And that's the problem with James Franklin. Yes, I know he says one and oh, one and oh, one and oh. His mantra is like, you know, we are one and oh, one and oh, one and oh. That's uh, every single game week. You see him tweet out, you know, one and oh, one and oh, one and oh, beat whoever we're playing, beat Iowa, beat Ohio State. You know, it's just. I think he's a great coach. I think he's probably a super person. He kind of reminds me, he's kind of like a Mark Richt as far as that kind of stuff. But it all comes down to the people in middle Pennsylvania. You know, if you're okay with five and two and he can start doing five and two or, or, or seven and two, that's one thing. But, you know, do you think you should be ahead of Ohio State? How many, how many you know, out of every 10 years, how many times should Penn State have a better record or be ranked higher than Ohio State? That's a tough question. But. And, and in Penn Stater's minds and all the Nittany Lions – fans out there our viewpoint is the fact that you know we should be a you know five and five in a 10-year span with Ohio State we should be neck and neck with them or we should be you know six and four like and, and we want to be sure you know 10 and 0 re- realistically that's but you that's didn't a say that to. that was a, the good point but, for you <laughs> but but you know the reality is is a you know if you're meeting Ohio State 10 times if you're going five and five absolutely You'd that's, be okay that's with that. respectable because you know what Ohio State is one of the most dominant programs in the country. Agreed. They're one of the best programs in the country, and they've put a phenomenal program together under Ryan Day after their Urban Meyer era. And unfortunately, you know the 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 sweater vest debacle that we absolutely loved as Penn State fans watching Jim Tressel take take the ship down. It <laughs> was absolutely fantastic. However, you know good things can't always last. <laughs> Yeah, I know all about that trestle stuff. I'm a Youngstown guy. So who's the, who's the favorite in the Big Ten this year? Is it Ohio State? It is Ohio State, hands down. Every single analyst out there and every single person that gets paid to write columns has picked Ohio State to be the the Big Ten East champion and the Big Ten champion. And C.J. Stroud is the favorite for the Heisman too, right? He is. He is. Yeah. So, so do you think uh, – where do most people have uh, you as third – in that side or second? Yeah, we are third because you know what? With Michigan. With Michigan doing what they've done last year and where they've come along from, you know, Michigan's number two in the rankings, in, in the preseason rankings, but we, as we all know, preseason rankings don't really mean very much because well, – We've talked know, the, about that a lot on here. Yeah, because, you know, at the last time that Penn State was unranked coming into the regular season – as they are this year, was 2016 when they came away with the Big Ten title. So, you know, hopefully that's a good omen, but, you know, only time will tell. How do you feel about that Auburn game looming in week three? You know, I think that's one of the, the most exciting matchups that week. Oh, yeah. A- and I'm extremely excited to be there, be there live. and, and you Going know, to Jordan-Hare, are you? Oh, yeah. Nice. We're going to Jordan-Hare, and it's going to be a great time. Great stadium. Yeah, it, it, 
you know, Auburn's such a beautiful campus and beautiful college town. It's just it's fantastic down there, down there, and I'm just really excited to go down and play them. You know, the good thing though for us is that, <laughs> you know, we're playing Auburn, so you know, coming it's the the lesser of two evils of Alabama, so to speak, and the less difficult of two evils now. Absolutely. Do you have a cousin named Vinny or anything? Because you know, if anything <laughs> happens while you're in South Alabama, you, you might, can get in trouble. You, you then might then need to know, have with to know the local somebody. Boys. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, who do you like in the West? Uh, you know, this year with the West, I mean, Wisconsin's the dominant team in the West every single year. It's uh, got an intern who's begging for a bone here. I know, right? Uh, no, but Wisconsin—they're going to be the team to beat in the West. I mean, now Minnesota is is going to be a close second, but you know, between Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, there's not really much else competition. Uh, however, though, you know, Purdue last year had a phenomenal year, and uh, that's actually a pretty scary matchup. Being a Nittany Lion fan going into to Purdue on a Thursday night, first Thursday night game ever in the history of Penn State football. So really? At Minnesota? No, I mean, at, at, at Purdue? Purdue? Yeah. The Boilermakers. All right, cool. Um, I, I'm a big Wisconsin fan. I don't know why, if it's just the jump around thing that they do at the end of the third quarter, I think is really, really cool. But last year, I watched a lot of Wisconsin football, and I would say I'm the sorry, Chuck. first seven or eight games of the year, they had a phenomenal defense. I mean, they were stopping everybody. Yeah, they, they stopped Illinois and, and Western Michigan and – and all those other teams. Uh, they played some pretty good Big Ten games. They played some pretty good ball games. And they've got a phenomenal running back in Braylon, Braylon Allen, sophomore. I think he's going to be the leading rusher in the country this year. They do produce a lot of those running backs. Yeah. they do. Well, just like uh, Wisconsin's kind of become uh, uh, running back you, like Georgia used to be. Sure. Back to the days in Davis and Herschel and all those guys. But uh, and, and Penn State was always linebacker you, right? It has been. Are they still linebacker you? You know, uh, at this stage of the game, I would still argue that they are because, you know, in terms of NFL linebackers. There's still, a lot of them out there. Yeah, there are still a good amount of Penn State NFL linebackers out there. And, and putting the best talent at a given position from one individual university, I think that Penn State is definitely linebacker you, and that I don't think that's going anywhere for a long time. Just don't argue with anybody from Tuscaloosa while you're visiting oh, Jordan here. And before we move on to uh, college uh, pro football, did you see uh, Super Lou's new contract this week? No. Through 2030, Lou Saban is now signed through 2030 with an average salary $11.2 million a year. Roll tide or roll cash, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, that's a pretty thing. 11.7. Why did I say 11.2? Yeah, 11-7. 11 When you get to that point, does it really matter? <laughs> so, well, so Nick Saban, in terms of, of longevity of career, he will be the next Joe Bob. He's not going anywhere. That's that's what he lives for. He breeds, you know, but, but he you breeds know, football. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is so far, and, you know, once again, I, I was born in northeastern Ohio, so I, I know of Joe Paw, and I know of this, and I know of that. There's nobody who's like Saban because, I mean – we know what happened in Happy Valley, and nobody knew about that. Everybody's watching Nick Saban. He can't he can't spit on the sidewalk without somebody raising a red flag. And to think he's doing everything he's doing. My only question for you guys: Is he still around in seven years? Has he had a heart attack on the side of the field and possibly died? Because well, I mean, he's, what's he, he seventy now? Is that what Saban is? 
That's yeah. right. He's turning 71 this year, I believe. Yeah, he's so 71 this so year. You know, so and you watch him. He's as cool as the other side of the pillow in a tough ball game. But, you know, if they're up by 47 over the zips and uh, somebody misses pump coverage, you know, he might he might keel over right there on the he side. He might lose it right oh, there. He, he does. He does. All right. Well, we're, before we move on to pro ball, we're going to uh, mention our second sponsor is Bearcat Express. Expedited shipping, hand carry items, car, van, or pickup trucks. You ring and we spring. Do you need a delivery right now? As in, go now, please. We have drivers in Atlanta, Athens, Macon, Augusta, Charlotte, Birmingham, and Dothan, Alabama, and in Memphis, Tennessee. Time critical pickups, whether it be medical, delayed luggage, golf clubs left behind, passports, keys left behind, label companies, time sensitive attorney checks, dogs that you would rather not fly on airplanes. If your critical package did not make it, to the FedEx or UPS in time and process gets delayed, call the Bearcat Express team to get them moving right away, and you will have tracking, live tracking where your critical package is along the way so your customer on the other end knows when to expect it. Communication is our main priority with Bearcat Express. We are the go-to courier in the southeast USA. That's BearcatExpress.com. Make sure you use them when you need a package delivered immediately. Speaking immediately, let's move on to the pros. We had some interesting uh, football games this weekend. Did you see the Falcons play this weekend? I did. And what were your overall thoughts? I was good. Uh, you know, I don't really care about Marcus Mariota. I know everybody's, you know, hoping hoping he can rekindle a little bit of magic. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm all about Ritter. Ritter had a really good game. And hopefully that they continue to play him so that we know next year at draft time uh, if we need a QB or if we can go get a big ugly. Uh, we need some big uglies. We need yeah. a lot of big uglies. We need still some big uglies. Um, I was actually very impressed until I realized that the Jets did not have any starters on the defensive side, in the even in the first half. They were like second and third stringers. But Falcons played okay. They looked okay. I mean, Kyle Pitts made one catch for, what, 52 yards. Uh, they had a couple of other uh, uh, pretty big plays. Um, and uh, I, I think Algier is going to be a decent back. I think he runs well. I think he runs hard. I think he's going to be decent. Uh, but uh, is it enough for the Falcons? I know I'd said before that the Falcons are going to be 8 and 9. Is that right? You said something foolish like that. <laughs> I think I think 8 and 9 is very generous for this Falcons team. Do you really? Well, tell me why. Because I, I don't see anybody else in the NFC South that's going to run away. Tampa Bay's line is torn up. I don't, I don't think Brady's going to survive five games. I think he's going to get killed at some point in time. <laughs> every week and every year, he's 45 freaking years old. I've been betting on the demise of Butch and Brady for a long time now, and I'm just done making those bets. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's a good point. Uh, and uh, Carolina, I mean, they, uh, they lost Matt Cor- Coral, Corral this week to injury. Of course, he wasn't going to be in the big picture anyway. Uh, anytime soon, but Matt uh, Darnold's out, and uh, Baker Mayfield is now the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers starting week one. And you know who they play week one? Cleveland Browns. Cleveland. So that should be interesting. Baker, Baker going back against his old team. So, uh, But not going head-to-head against the guy who replaced him. Uh, <laughs> no, it'll be a while before we get to see Mr. Mr. Watson uh, participate in any uh, professional football so, uh, games, yeah. So, who is going to win the NFC South? I don't think Jameis Winston's a quarterback for any team. I've never been the Jameis Winston fan. 
Uh, I was a huge Bobby Bowden fan, but I've never been a big FSU fan. But uh, I, I just don't think he's the guy to quarterback a professional football team to a Super Bowl. You know, I, I would have to, to argue that, you know, they will win the NFC South in spite of Jamison Winston. Like because the, of the defense? Because of the defense. And, and you know, they've shored up that secondary this, this offseason with Tyron Matthew coming back home and playing for, for the home state Saints. Honey Badger. Yeah. Honey Badger. The Honey Badger's back. Yeah. But, you know, and, and also we have to keep in mind, you know, how much Alvin Kamara's, you know, pending charges are, go, or excuse me, pending prosecution is really going to dictate how this year and this season turns out for, for the Saints. Because he is such a huge portion of that offense, you know, when they run, the, when they run the ball, sixty-five percent of it. Yeah, when they run the ball, throw the ball, it is running through Alvin Kamara, point Absolutely. blank, and he's the the best player on that Saints team. And so, if Alvin Kamara is is out the last four games of the year, that's going to completely change the dynamics of who wins the NFC South because, you know, the NFC South schedule is is backed up. It is you're going to see the majority of the NFC South matchups you know, at the beginning of the year and the end of the year. They have the, the bookend schedule, and we're going to see how bad each NFC or how good each NFC South team is going to be in between those head-to-head matchups. They're, they're all really bad. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win this division, uh, not because they have a good offensive line, but probably because they do have Butch and Brady. Um, the interesting part to me, I, I don't think, you know, I think Kamara and Winston can keep them somewhat relevant, a 9-8 a and eight type team or something like that. What's more and more interesting to me is how healthy is um, the ground game in Carolina? Is, is he back to where, you know. McCaffrey, I, I, you're talking McCaffrey, about. McCaffrey, yes, sir. Um, I've seen a few things that have him going number one overall in fantasy football. I haven't seen it. I mean, I really haven't seen it. You know, the guy has he's you know, injured. He's injury plagued. He has been. He the hasn't last played two a years. complete season yet, has he? No, he played. His first three seasons were all complete. It's the last two that he has not. Yeah. So, so he did go sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. His first three, and you know, you you thought the size wasn't a big thing, but you know, sooner or later, uh, size is, size matters. It does matter, especially between the tackles. <laughs> yeah, especially when you get hit all the time. Because you know, and that's where that's what it comes down to for this NFC South. You know, between the tackles is what's going to make and break each of these teams throughout the duration of this 18-week schedule. I agree. Because you know, as as Chuck mentioned earlier, you know, Tampa Bay they have their entire offensive line out. Or yes, excuse me, not their entire offensive line, but you know, the majority of. Their but best they got Julio. Yeah, they do have Julio, and they do have the <laughs> targets. So it's going to be a, a, a extremely quick pass game for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, so you mean it's going to be something he excels at? Yes. <laughs> so exactly. Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette's up. not the uh, focus guy in Tampa Bay. He no. could become that. He could be. He will become the primary back and and fulfill the you know. The running back that he should have become, you know, when he came out in the draft, but unfortunately was taken by Jacksonville. By Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville, and, yeah. And Jacksonville has been, you know, the uh, bottomless pit of the NFL. It has. It has. It's, it, it's really bad. 
I've got a, I've got a lot of family from the Jacksonville area, and uh, you know, every time they get excited, I'm like, well, you know, don't get so excited about Urban Meyer. Did you see who he he hired for his strength and conditioning coach, the guy out of Iowa? And then yep. you know, and then oh, Tebow's gonna play. It's like oh, oh no. more of the same stuff. I I have I have hope for them this year though. That was more of a circus. Down it there was, than it was, it was with was, with was Urban Meyer down in Jacksonville than it, it was just, anything else. What it tells me is how much shit you can get away with in college football, and people will look the other way. You try you to can't bring, get away you try, with that. You try crap to bring that pros. clipboard with all that funky stuff to the pros. People are like, nah, yeah, that's not how it works. Maybe in Gainesville, Columbus, or somewhere else, but but not in an NFL town. Yeah. So uh, you know, overall, we we've got to think that the AFC is the stronger conference, right? I think so. Yeah, so, so so who is any good in the NFC? Period. Not just the NFC South, but who's good in the NFC? You know, that's part of the reason why Tom Brady came to the NFC <laughs> and came to Tampa Bay because yeah, you know, the NFC South has been down for so many years now, and, and ever since the, Salkins went to the Super Bowl. But you know, you know, it's funny funny talking about that. And yes, they have been, and obviously this is switched. But I can remember having the conversation five years ago where the NFC South had the best quarterback play possibly in NFL history for a division. You had three first ballot Hall of Famers and Cam. Uh, Cam's uh, not a first ballot. He Hall was of at the time where the argument oh, okay. was being made. He was an MVP. He had taken yeah. his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He had done all these other things, and then you know. The, the weakest link was Tampa Bay, and, and that was, of course, Crabman himself, but now he's, he's switched ships. Um, I'm not impressed with anybody in the NFC. You know, uh, the Packers, yes, they can run the ball. Yeah, they got a great, run, uh, great quarterback, but who's he throwing it to? Still haven't. Sammy seen. Watkins? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Alan before. Lazard? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen that stuff. And then, uh, you know, I, I, it really pains me to say this team out loud. Cowboys. Oh gosh, that's they, worse than they, that's they, worse than Cam they Smith. Have, they have talent, though. <laughs> you know, they've got a quarterback who, if he stays healthy, if he gets the ball to C.D. Lamb, that's that, he's one of the. He's but one they've of the been best. saying the Cowboys are back for years and years. No, that's and just years. Jerry Jones. Been yeah, that. and and they're not. Yeah, and but I tell you what, with the NFC, the the division to beat this year is going to be the NFC West. I mean, in both divisions, AFC and NFC, I believe. Yeah, the West is strong. The West is strong, especially in the NFC this year. I mean, you have the Rams coming back as Super Bowl champs, and they're fully loaded, fully stocked, and you know they have you know one of my one of my uh, alma mater, Nittany Lions on the team now. The just signed in Allen Robinson, so he's going to be a top target for Matthew Stafford. And First he's time he's had uh, a good quarterback throwing to him in a long time. Matthew exactly. Stafford, another joke. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, the most amazing stat that I got out of the out of the Falcons game this weekend, and you may guys may have heard it, how many players when Fontenot and Arthur Smith, Smith took over two years ago are still on the Falcons roster? I did not hear did the you number, see but this? It's, probably, it's probably 20 or less. What do you think, Ian? Uh, I would say we're going to be at around 18% of the 14 set. players that were there two years ago are still on the Falcons roster. Which that blew me away. It, but it made sense because I watched the game. I don't know anybody. I know Kyle Pitts. I knew Marcus Mariota, but he wasn't there two years ago. Uh, I know Grady Jarrett. I knew uh, Matthews. But there are a lot of players. Lindstrom, offensive lineman, and mm-hmm. Mc, uh, McClary, is that his name? The other one that they drafted a couple of years ago? Correct. And, uh, but 
and I think from the Super Bowl championship or the Super Bowl participation game, uh, there's only two players left. So the Falcons have just turned over completely. We are now in a totally different Falcons era. I mean, uh, and I like that about Arthur Smith. He said, he came and he said, I'm going to take my players. They're going to have the skill sets that I want. They're going to be the size. They're going to be the shape that I want. And Dean Peace, the defensive guy, said, dude, we've been in the minus in the bottom half of the league for 15 to tw- out of the last 20 years. He said, that's not going to happen. Well, you know, I, I didn't know, Chuck, when uh, these guys took over, so we never had this conversation. <laughs> but um, it's so difficult when a GM and a head coach come over to an area because nobody wants you to completely blow it up and win three games this year. So you got to dump some of the high contracts, which, of course, handcuffs you for some of your things. These guys have taken care of business. In less than two drafts, they had gotten rid of both wide receivers and quarterback. You know, uh, you know had, they've done a great job. We haven't won yet on the table, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like when um, uh, Jerry Glanville had a team and we had no tight ends and no fullbacks. The grit splits. You know, when when Dan Reeves inherited that team, it's going to take a little while. We're going to have to find some people who are a little bigger, might block occasionally. So, you know. Yeah, uh, Larry, if you could, we want to get somebody from uh, Miller's on the on the mic, if you can find somebody. Bailey or Mark. I just saw Mark walk through. Uh, even Sean, if Sean wants to sit in. He's busy. Sean, come and sit with us for a minute. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Come on, Sean. He's got his own cheering section. Yeah, Sean. So Sean's going to come and sit with us for a second. Larry, we're good. Sean will do it. So uh, when we do that, we're going to move on to uh, some fantasy football league because tomorrow night, Three Guys Who Love Sports has our fantasy football league draft right here at good old Miller's Ale House out on the veranda. So we make sure you want to come out and join us for that. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to have all kinds of good people uh, coming to participate in that. Twelve teams, and we're raising money for helping one guy. So it should be awesome. Is it, and, uh, is it bad that I'm praying for your misfortune or the misfortune of all 11 other people? Yes. Okay. No, it's not bad. That's kind of what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to wish bad. Come around the other side, Sean. There you go. Let him sit in for you a second there, Ian. And, Absolutely. Uh, and let Sean tell us about what's going on at Miller's L House today. Uh, I just need a couple. We, huh? I just need a couple horrible picks in that first round. Well, Larry's still picking ahead of you, so you got a shot. Yeah, but Larry, Larry's got a high enough pick. He's he's. You might question his pick, but it's still going to be a top ten pick. Well, it's got to be. He's number three. So, hey, Sean, welcome, buddy. What's going on? How hey, are you, sir? And Sean, the Bills and Jets fan is uh, bartender here at uh, lovely Miller's L House. Sean. Who's your team? Who's it going to be, the Bills or the Jets this year? Uh, well, you know, the Jets are going to let me down like always. I'm not really much of a Bills fan. Uh, yeah. I'm a Falcons-Jets, so I'm looking at number 31, number 32 uh, in the league for the season. Yeah. I'm a, Bill, I'm a Bills-Falcons fan, so I've gone through those, uh, you know, <laughs> well, which one of my teams is the worst team? I, I really don't know. Yeah. yeah it's, they're neck and neck this year. Yeah, they are. So tell us what's going on at Miller's. What's good going on here? Uh. You know, full bar, in fact, two full bars. Uh, fantastic bartenders, if I don't say so myself. Absolutely. Uh, great specials every night. Got prime rib on Thursdays, uh, full rack of ribs on Monday, always on special. How many TVs you got in this place? What am I, Rain Man? 
Uh, Could be. A bunch. Uh, 53, 56. So, so many that if you there. show up and, uh, wow, he's got, he's got a whole section working here. The Sean Van Club is here. Well, you know, it's a pretty exclusive group. Uh, they don't get green jackets or anything. But, you know. <laughs> but sometimes they get a little extra on their drink. <laughs> yeah, a little extra on the drink, a little extra coming back to you, all right? That's awesome. Uh, well, we appreciate you sitting in and talking with us. Yeah, no uh, worries. We'd love to have you every week. It's a great thing. We'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow night for the draft. Sean's going to be picking for me, uh, so we'll see what's going on. (laughs) Appreciate it, guys. All right, thank you, Sean. Sean. You bet. So, uh, yeah, like we said, we've got our fantasy football league draft starting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock here at Miller's Ale House. Ought to be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I am in the seventh pick. Uh, Larry, the engineer, is the third pick, and Robert is in the twelfth pick. So, uh, Looks pretty sad for you. Unless you guys really screw some stuff up, and then all of a sudden it looks really good. Ian, we, you can come back in. So, yeah. So, uh, huh? <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow night. It's really weird. We're going we to broadcast live on Facebook Live if you want to watch a fun fantasy football league draft tomorrow night. Uh, it will be live on Facebook Live under three guys who love sports. So uh, welcome back, in. Are you in any fantasy football leagues? I am. I'm in my neighborhood fantasy football league. Um, you know, it's it's basically the younger contingency of the people that live in my HOA that are all together in a league, uh, 12-team league. And in all PPR? honesty, uh, you know, it has not been PPR. And that has been a killer for me that it is not PPR because I'm in another league as well that uh, is a PPR league. And, uh, yeah, the PPR is just superior just because it mixes up the game so much where, you know, you could have a highly targeted guy that, you know, is able to pull him down but not get that much yak after the catch and and that many yards after the catch. But, uh, you know, it completely changes how you draft for – Absolutely. Wide team. receivers can actually get as many points out of a, as a running back now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, have you had your drafts yet for your league? We have not. We're always we're always going into the last weekend before the kickoff. So. Okay. Uh, we're excited to to get it going. We're you know, we're actually going to be doing it at the uh, at the clubhouse this year. You yeah. Know, we're, you know, in we'll the HOA. Do you in know what HOA. you know what position you're drafting in yet? I don't. And so, you know, I, I hope that I'm at, you know, 11-12 or, you know. 12-team league? 12-team league. So. He's you. Now he wants to be me. <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't realize it yet he that he doesn't, doesn't want to realize be me. He, want he, to just, be he wants the second pick. <laughs> he wants the second pick. No. See, I'd rather draft back-to-back, you know, when I get Even my, if you have to wait from 1 to 23 and 24. Even sure. if I have to wait. that. That gives you so much more time to determine who is the best person that you want to draft off the board and, you know, really focus on, on the position. So just, just out of curiosity for you guys, and, and here's a question for you, uh, what is the, the position you're drafting first off the board? Drafting what? What's the position that you were going for in the first round? I'm going old school NFL draft talk. I'm going best player available. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 going John Madden recommends. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't usually get caught up, but you know, there's, there's always a difference maker, you know. And if, if you're in a smaller league, you might not need one of those tight ends or one of those quarterbacks. But if you're in a bigger league, that might be a, a, a differentiating. Squelch. Yeah. A differentiating squelch. Yes. So I have, uh, I have done 65 mock drafts so far this year. None of them have turned out the same. I'm picking in the seventh position. I kind of like the seventh position because you're kind of in the middle of the action all the time. You have to pay attention, and you're going to see, okay, there goes who I was going to take. There goes who I was going to take. There goes who I was going to take. And you have to be ready to react. The good news is we've got a little time in our league. With the mock drafts I've been doing, you have 30 seconds to pick. You've got to fly. You've got to be ready or you're going to lose out on who you want. But uh, our first six rounds, we'll do two minutes, and then after that you'll have one minute. So, Ian, you may want to come out tomorrow night and uh, check out and see who's going where because that's probably going to be a high high probability of what will happen in your draft. Yes, and Allen Robinson will be the highest drafted Nittany Lion tomorrow. Probably. You think so? I don't know. I think, think Saquon Barkley is going to Oh, you're get absolutely right. Him. Yeah. I w- he won't be taken by me. I made that mistake last year. Yeah, same uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> I went for the homer pick and, and uh. it did not – that's did, tough to do. So if if I'm sitting at seven and he's there, do I take him? Saquon. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the best available running back. Yeah. I, I, like when I go ahead into the draft, you know, I w- always want to go running back, running back. I wanted to get the best available running backs. Don't tell in, Larry that. Larry's in the Larry's on another rounds. page. Because the running backs are a commodity. I mean, the, the running backs that put up the points are a commodity. And, you know, there's only so many top-tier running backs. And, you know, once you get past – But is Saquon one of those top-tier running backs? Don't pay attention to him, Larry. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a lower <laughs> – he was a lower third of the top 12. You know, so, what, Saquon? What they, Saquon. What they, what they always say about these injuries is that you can come back and run and do things after 10 months. But it's really that second year where you get – the comfortable, you know, you're comfortable in your range of motion and everything else. So, you know, based on what they always say, who is they? The, they, the people who know so much. But uh, yeah, I'm staying away from Barkley. Sorry. Well, yeah. I I don't think he'll. Based on all the the drafts that I've done, he won't be there when you pick. I, I'd be great with that. That means that means somebody's coming to me. That That's I'm somebody's not coming to you that you weren't expecting. Uh, so if you had the number one pick, who are you taking? Great question. Uh, um, no, it shouldn't be a great question. This is the easiest question I've ever asked on this show. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I because I have not looked at the mock profiles yet, and just remembering from last season, Derrick Henry looks like a phenomenal number one running back to take. And you know, tried and true, you know, they are running the ball. Mike Vrabel loves to run the ball, and he he's the guy. He loves to run the ball, and they've got yeah. a pretty good offensive line in, in Tennessee too. They do, and yeah. I don't think Eckler can repeat last year. So yeah, uh, yeah Eckler is up there. He did a phenomenal job last year, and he was a steal. A lot of touchdowns. Second round, third round, people that that you know he he was being picked up, and he just he put up the numbers. Yeah, there's three people last year with Eckler, Cup, and Debo Samuel, and the three of them had just such incredible years that they're being drafted way too high this year. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Tebow's gone. Uh, most of the mock drafts I've gone have done, he's gone by the second my second pick, which is what, fourteen or fifteen, something right. like that. Who has been the number one pick in the majority of your mock drafts? Sixty two of the sixty five drafts, Jonathan Taylor. 
Oh, we've got a new one. There was, there had been one, one other one. Christian McCaffrey was taken once. And Josh, and Josh Allen. Allen was taken once. And who's this next guy? Uh, I think it was Cooper Cup. Obviously, it was a uh, Raider, uh, Ram fan. So, hey, I was in a fantasy football league, fourteen team, only four points for a throwing touchdown, and we had a guy take Peyton Manning with the number one pick. 12, 13 years ago, and he dominated our league and won the league. I mean, we made fun of him because it was such an awful pick. When you have two good running backs, I was telling Larry or, and uh, Adam, the intern, before the show that we had a, uh, had a keeper league, and the guy had Emmett, Sanders, uh, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders in his league, and he won like four years in a row. <laughs> Why even show up and play? Because but, uh, we, he knew he had Emmett Sanders. We stopped the uh, – we stopped the uh, – uh, the keeper league pretty quick after that because that's just that's just not right. <laughs> so so uh, Ian's advice is take two running backs. Uh, Roberts is best available. Uh, I am somewhere in the middle. Uh, I I have tried both drafts both ways. I've tried running back, receiver, do running you, back, receiver. Do you think Chuck, depending on what you do with your first pick at number seven, do you think you will take the other position? On its way back to you. Uh, try, try I don't to think. So. I, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Ian. I like the two running back uh, thought. But again, if somebody like a Devontae Adams is still there when I come back around, somebody who's getting 150 balls thrown at him. Yeah, how good. can you turn that down? So that that's the fun of the draft. I mean, to me, the draft is fantasy football league. It is so much fun. Um, and we're going to do things a little bit different tomorrow night, so make sure you come out and join us at Miller's L House for that. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So uh, who's going to be there for you at 12, Robert? Uh, you know, they keep telling me Kamara, and, you know, not really sure I'm in love with that pick for multiple reasons, whether it be Tennessee, uh, Saints, um, penal system. Uh, but, you know, We'll see what happens. I'm I'm hoping that maybe uh, McCafferty drops to me. Uh, yeah, I maybe, don't see maybe that. Maybe I'll happening. get McCafferty with the, with the, McCafferty and Cup. That's what I would like with my twelfth and twelfth thirteenth pick. Good luck with that. I don't think either one of them will last past six. Uh, you are correct. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know who's going to be there at seventh. I've I've like I said, all the number I've draft, I've gotten anybody from Dalvin Cook to Derek Henry to uh, Saquon Barkley. And most of the time, that's that's who's there at seven for me. What's the most emotional pool that you put in, or the most emotional stock that you put into making a pick? So, like, for example, um, you know, you think about you think about the Steelers, and you think <laughs> about should, running backs. That should be easy for you for me. I, I can't pick a bulldog. I would have a very hard time I try picking a bulldog. Pick, I try not to pick a falcon or a bill. Yeah, I, I, because I, you feel like you're picking with your heart instead of your head, and and because if I want to watch the game, I just want to watch the game. I don't want I don't want to watch Pitts drop a a touchdown and be like, "You cost me twice. My team stinks, and my other team stinks." So yeah, it's not a good thing. I should draft the best available, but that's usually my hang up. Now, at number twelve, I would say Najee Harris. If he is still there, that would be. I will take him with the twelfth pick if he's available. Yeah, he probably will not. But I have I seen drafts when he. I've seen drafts no, where he was. Absolutely, yeah. and and one thing that I'll throw out at you, Chuck, just because I know Chuck, uh, a former fantasy guy who's been out of it for a while, and he's been doing so many mock drafts. There are so many different 
cheat sheets and magazines. You've done 65 uh, Yahoo drafts, mock drafts on the exact same site, which has the exact same rankings. Once you get to a different site, it starts to blow it up, and yeah, you you never knew, you I, never can tell uh, where somebody might have somebody. That's why I don't want to look anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about done. All I can look. I might do one more in the morning. I know Larry's going to said he was going to do one more in the morning. That'll be his second, and that's probably. Let's talk late round. Who's the late round sleeper that that you're looking for this year? Don't listen, Chuck. Um, you know, I, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> if if Aaron Rodgers has to have somebody to throw to, Sammy Watkins. Um, also, Tyler Algier. I think as the year goes along, he'll get more and more carries. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking sixth, seventh round. I'm talking about, you know, the uh, the uh, I'm four, hoping 13th, both, 14th round. So. I'm hoping both those players end up on your team, Chuck. Uh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think okay. it would. Okay. All right. As a homer pick, uh, Chris Godwin, I think, is going to fall because, you know, from the production that he has been putting up, you know, coming back from the injury, you know, being able to play is not – the equivalent of playing well. And so we're going to see how far he actually falls this year and if he falls down to, to you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth round. Well, and that gets back to is Tampa Bay's line going to protect Brady? Can Brady make a throw? If so, Godwin might not be a bag pick in the ninth or tenth round. Well, but you, ha- you have Evans, and you figure Evans is your number one, and then you have Godwin, and then you have uh, two former Falcons with – Gage and, and Julio. Julio. Yeah. And so even though they can't block anybody, they're sending some really talented people out into patterns, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to default to uh, the guy who's got more rings and he knows what to do with it. He'll be able to find the ball and get it to somebody. Well, speaking of getting it to somebody, we're going to give it back over to Facebook Live. We are done for the day. Hey, listen, we appreciate you joining us for Three Guys Who Love Sports. Ian, thanks for being with us. Uh, love to have you back sometime midseason, see what the Nittany Lions are doing. Yeah, glad to come back, glad to be here, and, and uh, yeah, look forward to it. And uh, until then, don't forget, Helping One Guy is an organization that we help uh, support. So if you want to be on the show, it costs you 100 bucks, and we will give $75 to help pay somebody's prostate cancer bill that can't afford it. So uh, we want to help out uh, the community and be a part of that. So three guys who love sports, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. And join us at 7 o'clock tonight here for the KSU Owls Who Live Sports Show with Robert Hootie Knight. Hootie. Hootie hoo. Y'all have a great week. Thank you.